0: Is competition healthy? On one hand, it's easy to see the appeal of competition. It gets us in gear. It maybe gives us a bit of motivation. Sometimes we push ourselves that bit more when we're trying to achieve something. So these are competitive advantages. On the other hand, though, we can see that it can be a problem. It can create pressure. Sometimes it can create judgment as well. If, If there's a winner, does that mean there's a loser? And that doesn't sound very nice. So there can be a bit, bit of a dichotomy there when thinking about competition. So I suppose if we're looking for a quick answer to whether competition is healthy or not, a quick answer could be yes, if we're treating it as a game. And I think that's the big caveat there. Because where it becomes a problem is if we're not treating it as a game and we may not be treating it as a game for one reason, because we didn't choose to play the game. So sometimes it's just non-consensual. You know, somebody's trying to, to take from us, and they go, I'm winning. And you go, well, I didn't know it was a game to begin with. I didn't even know it was a competition. I'm just trying to do my thing and I want to be left alone. So that issue of consent is one particular issue. But even if it is something that we're choosing to do, even if we're competing, like we're competing with others or we're even competing with ourselves or our own goals and ambitions, still sometimes... We haven't chosen necessarily the mode that we want to approach that competition in. We feel this feeling of having to be at a particular place, of having to achieve a particular goal, and that itself can create undue pressure. Now, it can be, in a sense, a helpful kick, I suppose, that we sometimes need. Uh, It is true that sometimes we're just not channeling our motivation in a useful way, and therefore to be able to say, okay... I need to have this competition with myself or with somebody else to be at a particular point. That can be something that gets us in gear. However, still recognizing it as a game of sorts is useful. You know, just because it's a game doesn't mean you can't be motivated. You don't have to tell yourself that the world ends if you lose here, unless of course the world does end, in which case you probably better get on it. But even in the case of very serious things, when we're really putting that pressure on ourselves. That too can backfire sometimes because it can just put us into this fear mode, this fight or flight mode, this freeze mode where we're not being very efficient and effective at what we're doing. Actually, a little playfulness can go a long way, even when something very serious is on the table. So, that bit of lightness, I think, can be helpful if we are able to say, okay, well, yeah, let me have a friendly competition where. You know, if if I'm a researcher, let's say, and other researchers are uh, working on something for, for the good of humanity. And I look at that as I do and I say, oh, I kind of like some of their research. I like what they're doing that maybe can inspire me to say, okay, it's not that I want to beat them because I genuinely want them to do well at what they're doing. It's just really, really good stuff that they're doing. Uh, And also, I can probably build on their research. I can reference them. They've done some great groundwork that I can then take forward in a different direction as per my specialization. So to be able to, though, feel maybe a little bit of positive competition there to go, oh, yeah, okay, Wow, let me draw on some of that energy and let me see now if I can help people even more or get good ideas out there a little bit more. So that might be the worst thing, but still we're going to want to use it maybe consensually, purposefully as a kind of a playful strategy rather than, oh no, I'm terrible and they're wonderful and if I don't get to there, that, that's probably not going to be that useful motivationally. So I think it's, that kind of distinction is helpful. Another really important thing when we're talking about competition is that there are what you could call different currencies at play. So somebody might say, well, okay, athletically, I'm winning. But somebody else may not be playing the athletic game. They might like reading. They might like gathering knowledge. And at that game, in terms of that currency, they're winning compared to the athletic side of things. The athletic person might not care about that. Um, There are many, many currencies. Social popularity, how many likes you have on the social media platform of your choice, how many friends you have, how much money you have in the bank account. Many, 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 many many currencies, kind of infinite currencies, really. Now, truth be told, even for somebody who values a particular currency, even that person has many currencies. We, We don't always use one marker for our own self-worth in a given moment. There are normally several during any given day. However, we'll tend to see that we average where our priorities lie, tends to average around uh, certain specific topic areas. So again, like things like fitness or things like education or whatever else it might be. And again, that's not necessarily wrong, but where the caution is is, is this question of equivalence so if we are very very good at something but we happen to be in a community or by chance with a group of people who are very good at something else the problem is is we can have this feeling of losing the competition just from the get-go and that can be very very challenging then for us because we just you know if we don't feel we can compete you know if if everybody else is great at basketball but you know we're we're just able to play the violin it's going to just seem like a complete non-starter and the problem is is very often we see other people deriving some sense of self worth from the thing they're good at and then we forget that they are actually maybe particularly skilled in that area and we falsely or wrongly think that we need to be too in order to have worth and that can create a whole host of problems so Considering that question of currency, I think, can be a really interesting thing to do. And it's a good reflective tool anyway in your life. What is your currency? What is it that rightly or wrongly you use as a kind of a stand-in for self-worth? You kind of externalize your self-worth and you go, well, if I'm good at this. Good. And it's interesting because, you know, that, that when we talk about basing self-worth on something, that can sound a bit negative. You could say, well, do I need to base it on anything? Uh, And no, you don't, by the way, is the answer. You can just be you (laughs) and feel a sense of love and respect for who you are and for other people too, by extension, without needing it to be based on these particular metrics. But sometimes it can be a little subtle because what we can do is we can say, well, being kind to other people, that's my metric for my self-worth. So At a glance, that might sound better than something like money. You know, say, if I have enough money, then I'm worthwhile as a person. You know, most people would on the outside go, "Mm, maybe that's not the healthiest, okay? If you want money, fine, but, you know, that shouldn't be a marker of your self-worth. We maybe want to take a different strategy there. But if somebody said, well, kindness to others, that's my metric for my self-worth. So you might look at that and you might say, Uh, Well, I mean, that's, that's a really good one. We really want that. We want to push in that direction. But still, what it can lead to is this idea that I am unworthy unless I reach a certain number or a certain measure, albeit of the happiness of other people, which is a nice measure. But still, it's a bit of a problem because we can very often keep raising that number and just never really getting to the point of satisfaction then. It's like the carrot on the stick for the donkey. You're never quite reaching it. So you're not feeling satisfied within yourself. And then not only is that not nice for you, but that may well just make you less effective at actually caring for other people, which was your very metric to begin with. And something similar can happen with the money example. You know, if you have to have money to be worthwhile as a person, it can lead to a couple of things. Sometimes it can lead to skipping other very important needs, such as good relationships with other people in order to get that metric of money so that you can kind of tell yourself that you're worthwhile as a person, because that's how you could construct it. And that's, you know, obviously not going to be a good enduring strategy. You might skip your health. You might skip your happiness, ironically, in order to have money, because then you tell yourself you're allowed to be happy. So that's going to be a first strategy. But likewise, even with something more obviously benevolent, like caring for other people, you're Maybe going to want to switch the order around a little bit and say, actually, you know, I'm not going to buy into this game of having to do X, Y, and Z in order to feel good. I'm going to start with feeling good. And that then puts me in a good place to more playfully do X, Y, and Z. And then if you want to have one of these competitions, let's say you run a humanitarian organization and you care about the well-being of others, and Bob also runs a humanitarian organization, and Sarah also runs one too, and you're going, okay, how can we help the world better than each other? If that's taken in in the spirit of playfulness and you're kind of looking at each other and you want to kind of innovate and, you know, bounce ideas off each other, but still you really care about each other at the end of the day and you care about the mission... Yeah, of course, a bit of competition there isn't bad at all, and certainly the opposite can happen. There can be a stagnancy if we're not trying to stretch and grow, and so we do need to own comparisons and judgment to a certain extent. You know, we do have, as human beings, the capacity to appraise things, to form comparisons, to compare and contrast. So we're probably not going to be able to get rid of that anyway. But even if we could, it wouldn't necessarily be a good idea. Better instead is to take that and to own it, to use it in a respectful way, to say, okay, do I care about something that actually matters? But even then, am I not just doing that in order to feel good, but am I feeling good in order to do that? And then certainly I can compare with other people or I can compare and kind of have a positive competition to some degree with a version of myself in my own mind. That's not wrong to do. You know, if you think about a version of you who's maybe being a bit more efficient or a bit more effective or even just kinder to yourself and you go, okay, yeah, I want to I win that competition a little bit more. And then you practice on that, but coming from that place of playfulness, then I think you're in a pretty good place with it. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe, and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf, or on jfl.com.